Well, we have a couple resources uh, that uh, involve our study uh, on spiritual warfare. We have the Warrior's Prayer. This is a, a resource from Dr. David Jeremiah. Uh, that's out there on table in the middle and over here. And we also have a little CD about how to get your armor on, how to do it, and, and you'll actually just hear uh, me how uh, I typically put my armor on so you can follow along and after a bit you won't even need it anymore. You can take the training wheels off and then you'll be ready to go all by your lonesome. Uh, last week we looked at the very first piece of armor that our commander of chief has purchased and made available for us as his Christian army, his followers, his children. So if you're a follower of Jesus here today, then if you're going to be successful and victorious in the Christian walk, then you got to put on the armor that Jesus has provided and purchased for each and every one of us. Uh, last week we looked at the uh, very first piece of armor. Anybody remember uh, Ephesians 6.14? What did we say? It's the what? It's the belt of truth. Uh, that's either the belt or the girdle. Um, that would be this and these nice straps here below. Uh, that kind of kept everything together. It also would allow you to uh, cinch up your, your robe so you didn't trip and it wasn't flapping in the breeze while you're trying to fight. Uh, it also uh, supplied some protection for some manly areas for the uh, Christian soldier. Uh, we said that uh, the belt of truth means this. We're going to get our lives in alignment with God's word. Uh, the best I know how, Lord, I, I want to line my life up with your book, and then I'm regularly, daily, going to ask you, Lord, is there anything here that needs adjustment? And we said a great prayer, Psalm 139, 23, 24. Search us, O God. Know our hearts. Test us. Know our thoughts. See if there's any wicked or offensive way in us and then lead us in your everlasting ways, Lord. Uh, so that's what it means. It's, Lord, you show me where I, I might be uh, believing some lies and some deceptive schemes of the enemy, and I'm willing to get my life lined up with you. I'm not just going to walk around and assume that everything's okay because I realize the enemy's cunning and he's clever and he's smarter than I am, so Lord, you show me. We also said last week that unconfessed sin attracts demonic activity. And that's certainly something that we need to, uh, to chew on. When we allow sin to just fester and we're just kind of laying in sin and we're not dealing with it and taking it to the cross and confessing it, that's where we're just leaving the door to our life open. And we're really inviting uh, demonic attack. Today, we're going to look at Ephesians 6, the last part of verse 14, and that would be the breastplate of righteousness. Now, uh, this is uh, our Roman soldier, and uh, I think we've named him Blastus. That seems to have won. So that's from Acts chapter 12. He was in Agrippa's, uh, uh, under a King Agrippa. But anyway, Blastus here has the segmented armor, if you see. It's not like the turtle shell, but instead it's the segmented, which allows for good freedom of movement. You can move around, uh, you can walk freely, you can march freely, but most important, 
The uh, segmented armor would allow the Roman soldier to fight freely and effectively. And there was no Roman soldier that would ever be caught in battle without his breastplate. This was a vital piece of armor, and we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. So uh, we've got instructions from our general, our commander-in-chief, Jesus Christ, and he says if you want to be victorious, if you want to win in this Christian life, if you want to do it God's way, then you've got to put on God's armor. Let's stand together. We're going to read out loud once again. Ephesians chapter 6, we'll start with verse 10. Ephesians 6.10, here we go. You ready? Let's all read together. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Let's pray together. Would you join with me? Our Father, which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory 
Ephesians 6, last part of verse 14. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. It's like you shouldn't go anywhere. You shouldn't do anything, Christian soldier, until the breastplate of righteousness is in the place that it belongs. The uh, Roman soldier's breastplate was critical because it protected the vital organs. Um, if a sword or an arrow or a dagger uh, gets to one of your vital organs, it's usually going to result in either death or permanent injury. So uh, unless you want to die or unless you want to permanently be on the sideline and wounded, wear your breastplate, Christian soldier. That's the idea. The heart, the lungs, the stomach, the kidneys, the liver, the pancreas, the intestines. This was approved uh, by a nurse. Uh, she said, yeah, that's most of them. Uh, anyway, the vital organs are all protected by the Roman soldier's breastplate. It, it functioned much like a bulletproof vest does today. Uh, it, it's designed uh, maybe even more like body armor if uh, you're in the army. Um, it would typically weigh a lot. It, I was surprised between 30 and 50 pounds was the average weight of a Roman soldier's breastplate, usually made of bronze. Um, and it was something that was heavy, but it was something that was worth the weight. It was worth the sweat. It was worth having to lug around because I'm telling you, you get hit in one of those areas that is protecting it's bad. Now go back to verse 14. It's called the breastplate of what? What is that? Breastplate of righteousness. Okay, what's that all about? That's a big word. Uh, I want to understand what that means, and the best way I can tell you is to have you turn to another verse. So would you turn to 2 Corinthians? That should be to your left. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Dan's going to put it up here. Um, on the wall for us as well. But I, I think this verse maybe explains it as well as, as any. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, God the Father made him, Jesus Christ, God the Father made Jesus who had no sin. Just pause and let that soak in. So God the Father made God the Son, Jesus, who was sinless, to be sin for us. Jesus literally became sin for followers of himself, for those who've said yes by faith, so that we, followers of Jesus, might become, and this is huge, the righteousness of God. Did that compute for you? Uh, God the Father made Jesus, who was sinless, to become sin for us so that we who are followers of Jesus might then become the righteousness of God Almighty. Now that is huge. 
okay? That's, that's like this amazing exchange going on. Now, I want you to look at 2 Corinthians 5.21 if you have your Bible. Dan, keep it up there if you would. But here's the exchange. Our sin, our pride, our rebellion, our lying, our lust, our disobedience, um, our prone to wander, old, sinful, selfish us, was all placed on Jesus Christ on the cross. Make sense? So all of my sin, all of your sin, past, present, future, was put on Jesus Christ. And that's amazing, is it not? But the next part is even more awesome, okay? And then he put on us his righteousness. All of the righteous, sinless holiness that is Jesus, he put on us. Did you get the exchange? He took our sin, every sin, throughout all of our lives, and then he put on us his righteous, sinless holiness. So that when God the Father looks at us, think of this, Peter, he's actually looking at us through the lens of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Is that not amazing? So, so when, when God the Father looks at us, first of all, he sees the righteousness of Jesus that's been imputed or put on us. And that's how he views us, with the righteousness of his sinless son, Jesus Christ. Go back to verse 14. Christian soldier, put on, keep in place the righteousness that you've been given, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's your new position that's your new identity. That's the facts because of the finished work of Jesus on your behalf and mine. That's a great exchange. So, how do you get the breastplate of righteousness on? How do I keep it on? And when it comes off, how do I keep it back where it belongs? Because we're in a war and, and the enemy is strong and he's clever, and he's got schemes, and he's a really good liar, and, and he's excellent at deception, how do I get the armor on, specifically the breastplate of righteousness, okay? Here's, here's how you do it, okay? Um, here's the facts of my new position. The old is gone. That means what? The new has come. Uh, I believe that what this verse says is true. Jesus Christ has put his righteousness on my life. He did that when I said I do by faith. And that righteousness was imputed to me, imputed to you if you're a follower of Jesus, okay? So, therefore, I'm loved sacrificially, unconditionally, eternally. How do you know that, Pastor Jeff? Romans 8 declares that to be true. I believe it. That's part of that righteousness. I'm a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And, and I'm going to belong to that King for all of eternity. Nothing could ever separate me from the love. I'm a citizen of heaven. My name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm saved, sealed, redeemed, anointed. Jesus, I'm going to be with you face to face for all of eternity. Listen close. Those are the facts. And then I gotta say, and Lord, by faith now I believe those facts, 
and I hold tight to my new position, and Lord, I believe that you've put on me your righteousness, and help me to believe those facts, and think those, fa those facts, and speak those facts, and now live them out today in my life. Does that make sense? So in other words, like every day, I have to remind myself, oh yeah, I've got this awesome righteousness that Jesus has put on me, and that's how God the Father views me, so therefore, that's how I need to start viewing myself, with my new position, my new identity. Those are the facts. And I'm telling you, give me your eyes, the righteousness of Jesus on our lives, it, it protects our vital organs, it, it protects our hearts, it protects our lungs, it protects our kidneys, our liver, our pancreas, the intestines, your guts. Again, I'm telling you, this is vital that we get on this righteousness, the righteousness of the breastplate of Jesus Christ. So, here's the question, so what's the problem, Jim? If, it's, if, if that's the fact, it's already been put, then uh, we should have that breastplate on, right, Jim? And we're, we're pretty invincible, don't you think? Therefore, you know, we can just march around. It's, it's good, it's true, and, and therefore we should have no problems as followers of Jesus Christ when it comes to what's true about my righteousness, the righteousness of Christ on us. Here's the problem, are you ready? There is, there is a little fly in our soup. And here's the fly. Uh, Satan and his demonic armies are watching us. And I would say they watch very closely. And they're watching and they're looking for any discrepancies between your position and your behavior. Think with me now. They're, they're watching and he's got this army and they're watching us and they're watching every word we say listening closely they're looking at us and how we behave and they're watching attitudes and they're watching how we live and every time that our behavior doesn't line up with our position what do you think satan and his demonic army are going to do any guesses what are they going to do they're going to attack turn with me in your bibles to revelation 12 and verse 10. revelation 12 and verse 10 um, if somebody's sitting next to you, maybe they'll let you look on with them, okay? This is huge because it tells us a little bit about what Satan's all about right now. And I think his demonic army, they're all about this right now. It says this, For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, pause, who is that? Uh, yeah, he's the accuser, but who's the brothers and the sisters? It's us. Um, who accuses us before our God, and it says, how often is he accusing us? Anybody got it? How, how often is he accusing us? He doesn't even take a coffee break. He, he doesn't go for lunch, doesn't, didn't have the fourth off. Uh, he, he doesn't take holidays off. He's at it day and night, 24-7. That's his sport, that's his hobby, that's his full-time job, and passion. Think with me now. He's all about accusing and condemning and coming at us, coming before the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father, and coming at us and telling us, you are a hypocrite. 
You are a liar. You're pretending to be a follower of Jesus, and look at what you just did again. I'm just telling you, his full-time occupation is pointing out sin in our lives. And then he wants to go to our face, he wants to go to our minds, go to our ears, and hear, oh yeah, you messed up again, big time. And maybe we're hearing the voice of a parent. He doesn't care which voice comes out, gets his lie out there. I'm deeply disappointed with you. You messed up again. Or maybe it's the voice of a coach. Makes you want to cry, doesn't it? A coach or a teacher. Uh, you know, I don't really think you're college material. Uh, you, just, you just aren't the sharpest knife in the drawer. You probably better figure something else out. We, we believe those lies about us. Can't you do anything right? That old whisper you call yourself a Christian and you did that? Jesus, he, I don't think he even likes you anymore. I'm pretty sure he's sorry that he ever picked you to be on his team. If he had it to do over again, he would never choose you as one of his children. So you might as well just give up and quit trying and just fall again and just lay there for a while. Okay, here's the point. When we're listening to those things, <laughs> we're allowing the arrows and the daggers and the swords to come and attack our vital organs. We're just marinating in condemnation. <laughs> we're just listening to the lies and the accusations, and suddenly now we forget our position, and I forget who I am in Christ, and suddenly now I'm believing all of those lies. The wounds of accusation and condemnation take a critical toll on our vital organs. And I'm just telling you, some of us here today, we're in intensive care. <laughs> we're, not, we're not marching for Jesus. I'm just trying to hang on and survive. We're not, we're not marching, we're not in the army, we're not sharing our faith, we're not hungry for the word, we're not walking closely in daily step with Jesus Christ. You know what happens when that happens? Another, another soldier is down, and, and, and Satan and his team are rejoicing. We've incapacitated, we've wounded another Christian soldier, they're no longer a threat, we can move on and attack the next one. And I'm just telling you, very effective, very deceptive, and we're listening to the lies. We're listening to the accusations. We're believing the condemnation, and then we live according to it. Dr. James Kennedy, you're familiar with him? He went to be with the Lord a couple years ago. He did a survey of Christians, people who said, I'm a follower of Jesus in good churches, Bible churches, um, and he asked them one question. He said, why don't you share your faith regularly with the people around you? And uh, Dr. Kennedy said, I expected them to say, well, I don't know how. No one's ever taught me. Or I'm afraid. I, I, it makes me really nervous. Or I don't really know that many people who don't know Christ. Um, but those didn't even make the top five. Isn't that interesting? Um, by far, the number one answer why people don't share their faith? Any guesses? Because of the life that I'm living. Because how can I tell other people about Jesus when my life isn't any different than the people I'm talking to? The number one reason by far 
that we don't share our faith is because we're listening to the lies, we're listening to the accusations, and we're allowing those condemning attacks to make us want to give up. I, I just can't march anymore. I can't live for Jesus. And I certainly don't want to share my faith because they're going to call me a hypocrite. And, and they see every day these besetting, entangling pet sins of mine. We believe, and it's the lie, that righteousness is missing from your life. He, he didn't give you any of that. Maybe the other followers of Christ, they got it, but you didn't get it. And he doesn't really want you on his arm anymore. And uh, you might as well just give in and quit trying. And now you're in the hospital, and you're not on the march. And I'm telling you, far too many of us were believing those condemning accusations of the enemy. And they're very effective. So what is a follower of Christ to do? Think with me. If we have a clever, uh, very scheming, smart, powerful opponent, and he knows us well, and he's deceptive, and he's smarter than all of us combined, what should we do? You ready? Go back to verse 14. First, get your belt of truth on. Lord, I want my life to line up with your truth in every area. And regularly, Lord, I'm going to invite you to show me any areas where my life isn't right, isn't truthful with you. So you make it clear, you make it obvious, Lord. The first thing is I want you to know that I want you to search me and know me. And as you make yourself clear, I'm willing to deal with that. And if it's sin, I'll do the U-turn and I'll come and I'll get in right relationship with you. That's the belt of truth. Second thing we should do is back to verse 14. We got to get the breastplate of righteousness in place and keep it there. And that involves this great exchange, okay? Lord, I realize 2 Corinthians 5, you took on all of my garbage my sinful rebellion, past, present, future. You took all that on on the cross. You became sin for me. And then, here's, here's the best part, are you ready? And then, Lord, right now, I'm going to let you have all of that, and then I'm going to believe that you put on me your righteousness, the uh, breastplate of righteousness. Um, I don't know how to do this other than just to share with you how I do it. And I'm not saying you got to follow exactly how my brain works because I understand, you know, he's a little different and I get that. Um, but I'll share with you how I daily try to get this on, this, this piece of the armor, the breastplate of righteousness. So I, I just want you to just bow your heads for just a few minutes and I'm going to work you through, and this is how I do it. It's on the CD that's out on the tables. Um, but I just want to show you because practically you got to know, well, how do I get it on? Well, here's, here's how it is. Lord, right now I believe that the moment I said yes to you, you put your righteousness on me. And by faith, I believe that, Lord. I just want you to know that. You, you took on all of my sin, past, present, future, and what an awesome exchange. And your righteous, sinless holiness is now on me. And, and Lord, I believe that I'm loved. 
deeply, sacrificially, eternally, unconditionally. And Lord, every time I doubt that, I'm going to look to that eternal symbol of your love, the cross. Lord, I believe that I'm forgiven as far as the east is from the west. I'm a new creation. The old stuff is gone. The new has come. And Lord, I, I recognize right now, I'm, I'm right now, 2014, a citizen of heaven. I'm a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And Lord, that means I'm related to royalty. Help me to live that way. And Lord, I know that nothing could ever separate me from your love. My name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm saved, sealed, redeemed, anointed. And, and Lord, I'm going to be with you face to face for all of eternity. Those are the facts. That's my identity. That's my position. That's the righteousness that is now mine. Lord, I've got that breastplate firmly in place right now on my life. Amen. Now, if you're like me, you're good for about two, three, four hours, okay? <laughs> and then something will happen, and, you know, uh, a song will come, and it takes my brain in places it shouldn't go. Uh, something proud, haughty, selfish, uh, all about Jeff comes in. Um, I'm talking to Henry. I tell Henry something that's 95% true, and then I rationalize, but it was mostly true, right? It was mostly all the facts. Um, but if it's 95% true and mixed with 5% deceit, what is that? That's a lie. Suddenly, what I did was I just took off my breastplate and I took off my belt and I set them aside. Or, or maybe it's somebody around you who's in a really bad way. That never happens, right, Henry? Uh, uh, and they're, they're loud and they're ornery and they're, they're letting everybody know uh, what they should be doing and yet they're mean and ornery. And, uh, and suddenly now you get a little impatient with them after about the fifth time they talk to you. Uh, and you say some unkind things to them and let them know what you really think about them deep down. Uh, and that very well may be true, but it certainly isn't loving and kind and Christ-like. So what happens when you take off the breastplate and you set aside the belt of truth? What do you got to do, Jim? Then I'm just going to go over here and sit down and have a little pity party, right, for the rest of the day, okay? And, and when you do that, what happens? <laughs> You're wide open for attack. Okay, so I, I kind of have to choose here. Um, am, I, am I just going to lay there or am I going to get up and make it right? So you got this fork in the road, okay? Um, now I, I've got my armor off. Am I going to just walk around unarmed, unprotected the rest of the day? And I may get wounded and the people around me look out. I'm dangerous. Or am I going to invite Jesus to help me get back up? And I'm going to do the U-turn and, and that 5% of lie, what am I going to do with it, Henry? I'm going to call it what it is. Lord, I just lied. I was just me. I was just really ugly towards this family member. Lord, that's sin. I'm going to make it right with them. And Lord, I make it right with you. And right again now, help me get that breastplate back on. Help me to get that belt of truth back around my waist. Again, we have this like daily choice and then you got to remind yourself, am I going to do it God's way and realize my new position, 
or am I going to listen to the enemy? That's the constant daily battle that we all face. You know the problem in life is? Somebody told me this a long time ago. You know what the problem in life is? It's just so daily. There's some real truth to that. Wouldn't it be great if we could just get the armor on one time, you know, and get some really good super glue, Peter, and, and now it's on for like three months, and I don't even have to think about it for another three months. But unfortunately, it's a daily walk, and it's a daily life. And every day, I, I got to attack the lies and the condemnations and the accusations. And no, no, I'm not listening to that. I'm going to listen now to who I really am because what Jesus says is true about me is my real identity, my real position. That's the real facts. So here's my question. We're almost done. Who have you been listening to mostly recently? Have you mostly been walking around with your armor on? Got the belt of truth on, regularly inviting the Lord to search you and know your heart, to know your life, to see if there's any way, and then you're quickly going to make that right. Who have you been listening to when it comes to who you are? You've been listening to the lies, the whispers, the accusations, or you've been listening mostly to what Jesus says is true about you? I'm just telling you, that's the daily challenge that we have as followers of Jesus. And I just want you to know, each and every one of you, my prayer is that you would live victoriously. That you would live a fruitful, profitable life as a follower and a member of the army of King Jesus. That, that's my prayer for myself. That's my prayer for you. I'm just telling you, now if we're going to want that and that's going to happen that means you got to do it his way and get your armor on. Bow your heads. Shut your eyes and, and would you just allow the Lord to talk with you? We're just going to be still for the next few moments and allow him to speak. Make himself clear. Lord, we confess that uh, this thing called the Christian life is a challenge. And to daily choose to walk with your son, to daily recognize that we're in the war of all wars, the ultimate war, the invisible war. And Lord, we have an enemy and he doesn't play fair. He hits us when we're most vulnerable. He attacks when we're the most tired and worn out. And yet, Lord, because of 
the armor that you've purchased and provided for each and every one of your kids here today, we can stand firm. We can be victorious, and we rejoice in that. So we stand amazed about the great exchange that you made for each and every one of us on the cross at Calvary. You took on all of our garbage throughout our entire lives. That's amazing. And you literally chose to become sin for us. And Lord, even more awesome is when you put the righteous holiness of your son Jesus Christ on us. And uh, Father, that's how you see us, through the lens of righteousness that your son Jesus has imputed on our behalf. Lord, help us to begin viewing ourselves that same way. May we daily walk around in alignment with our new position, our new identity, based on the facts of your word. And Lord, I want to pray for any of my friends here today who are struggling. They're hearing lies and whispers and condemning accusations on a daily basis. And Lord, I suspect that some of them are believing it. And uh, they're walking around without the breastplate of righteousness on. And Lord, some of them have been wounded. Some of them have had vital organs attacked. And I pray for healing. And I pray for restoration. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help them to start daily taking this war we're in seriously. Might they daily realize uh, the armor that you've made available for your children. And finally, Lord, I want to pray for anyone here today who doesn't have armor. They don't have righteousness. They've never by faith believed that your son Jesus took on their sin on the cross of Calvary. They've never believed that by faith, and they've never received Jesus as their commander-in-chief, their king, their boss. So, Lord, would you knock real loud on the door of their heart? And if there's anyone here today who needs to say, yes, I believe, and Jesus, I receive, and, and all that you're talking about that's available in Jesus, that's what I want for my life. That's what I need right now. Anybody say, that's me. I, I don't have the armor. I've never said yes to Jesus. I've never been to the cross by faith. But what you're talking about, that protection, that righteousness, that great exchange, I need that for me, and I want that right now. Anybody say, that's, that's me? love to pray for you right where you're at. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. Right where you're seated. Here's the good news. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to walk an aisle or sign a card or, or, or do anything other than by faith believe and receive. So we do this fairly regularly around here, but when there's folks who are ready to respond it says it's with our mouths that we confess that Jesus is Lord. So I know many of you, you've already done this. Maybe you've done this decades ago. So you're reaffirming the power of the gospel in your life. You're reaffirming the presence of Jesus 
and what he's done for you. And those of you who just raised your hand, this is your first time. And right now, by faith, you're going to affirm that you want this Jesus in your life. So everybody, would you repeat after me? Jesus, I believe that you are the sinless Lamb of God. And Jesus, I believe that you took on all my sin, past, present, and future, on the cross at Calvary. And Jesus, I believe that you took my place in that tomb. And Jesus, I believe that early on Sunday morning, you didn't stay dead, but you arose from the dead for me. And right now, by faith, Jesus, I receive you as my king. You be my boss. You, you be my Lord and master. I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. And thanks for this armor that I have. Lord, you're awesome. It's been good to be in your house, to worship you, to study your book. And Lord, again, I pray for my friends that each and every one of them will walk all week long with that breastplate of righteousness firmly in place. We pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our King, our Commander, our General. Amen.